Hey everybody, and welcome to the Two Guys No Cuffs podcast. Uh, my name's Stephen Ground, and I'm here with my co-host Ian Peters. How are you doing today, Ian? I'm doing good. I don't like last names. I don't like that you give out <laughs> last names. Well, I'm sorry. People already know who we are. It's already on there. So, uh... <laughs> it's already... Fine. Whatever. Fine. We're two guys who are uh, St. Louis Blues hockey fans, and have been planning to start a podcast for a while now and have been trying to start a podcast for even longer <laughs> at least and, a handful of weeks <laughs> and have been struggling with technical difficulties that a nine-year-old probably could have solved but we could not so tonight <laughs> is hopefully our debut episode if everything goes well and we're going to talk about uh some of the st louis blues moves at the nhl draft last friday and saturday as well as the upcoming free agency period. So we're going to get it started by talking about the St. Louis Blues trade for Ryan <laughs> Braden Shin. Not Ryan Shin. I don't Ryan know who that Shane. is. <laughs> so uh, on Friday night, last Friday night in the first round of the draft, the Blues had picks 20 and 27 coming in. Uh, we were prepared to see them do... Very little, as they have done in drafts at the past, and we were not surprised when they stayed pat and picked Robert Thomas at uh, pick 20. We'll come back to him in a minute. But then as the 27th pick approached, the NHL commissioner Gary Bettman approached the podium, which hinted that uh, the Blues had made a move, and he told us that the Blues had traded that pick, the 27th overall pick in the 2000. Uh, 17 NHL entry draft, as well as uh, a conditional first-round pick next year, and their third-line center, Yori Laterra, in exchange for the Philadelphia Flyers center and winger, Braden Shen. Uh, Shen is 25 years old and has had over 50 points each of the last two seasons and 40 points or more the two seasons before that. Uh, and looks to, at least at the beginning of the season, slot in as the Blues' second-line center. So, Ian, what were your initial thoughts on this move? Uh, I liked it a lot. This is one of those things where, like you said, we were surprised. I was surprised. Um, Braden Shen's a player I didn't think Philadelphia was going to move. Yeah. Uh, I don't watch Philadelphia that closely, so I don't know exactly who they are looking to move, who they're looking to keep, things like that. Um, I more didn't think we were going to move Yori Laterra. I right. was willing to sit for two years and let his contract run out. Yeah. Um, and I thought that was exactly what we were going to do. I didn't think it was going to take it on, but I assume it's more it's more there you're getting those two first-round picks than Yori Laterra. I don't think mm-hmm. they look at him as someone that's going to be in their future moving forward. I don't think they're going to re-sign him after two years. Maybe it'll be different. Maybe it'll be, be a little bit better. Um, I know it was for our for that twenty seventh pick, and it was also for that pick in twenty eighteen, which is top ten protected. Which just means that if we have a top ten pick in next year's draft in twenty eighteen, that we can elect to move that pick that we give them to the twenty nineteen one. So right. God help us if we're in the top ten, but <laughs> at least we get to keep it. And as I understand it, if we do elect to defer the twenty eighteen first round pick, they also oh pick that's up right twenty twenty third round pick, which hopefully. 2020 happen. sounds like so far away, but it's not. Yeah. Because this was just the 2017 draft. So, right. I mean, it's two drafts away, but 
it's still it's also just two years i know <laughs> it's just yeah, yeah it's not very far away so but i mean that's no big deal but i liked it a lot i thought he was going to be more our center immediately mm-hmm. like oh that's our center we've been looking for because i know we needed another one we needed a second line center first line we just needed another center that wasn't third or fourth line more or less right but the thing of it was just looking at flyers fans comments and things like that it seems like he slots in better as a right wing Mm -hmm. um i want to say he's i want to say he shoots left i could be wrong i know it doesn't necessarily go with what wing you're at but it tends to be you have to be your stick along the board so Right. More often than not, you're shoot right if you're on right wing, but mm-hmm. we got Tarasenko and a handful of people that do otherwise. Um, yeah, that's his last two seasons he was at right wing. That's when he's been most productive. Yeah. So I know Yo wants to try him, has said he wants to try him at center and give him every opportunity mm-hmm. to earn that spot, which I think uh, seems to be the right thing to do, especially with Patrick Berglund going down with a shoulder shoulder injury. So there's there's opportunity there. But I just feel like he's probably going to end up slotting in right wing, which I, is fine. Yeah. But I mean, it's just it's just one of those things where we needed that too. Those were two positions we needed to solidify, so we got one at least. Mm-hmm. I just don't think it's going to be what people think it was initially as a yeah. center. Yeah, Shen I think is a player that just makes this team better wherever he ends up. Uh, last year he had. 25 goals uh, the year before that 26 but he's especially a power play yeah 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 Uh, 17 of the the goals he scored last year were on the power play and i've seen some people list that as kind of a knock against him which is kind of strange to me because (laughs) it just seems like the blues had kind of an on again off again power play last year sometimes it'd be really hot and other times especially during the playoffs it was really anemic and pretty much useless so uh <laughs> yeah i don't see i mean i don't see how that's a strike against him i understand maybe you want him to score more even strength goals but i don't think you can complain that he's a power play specialist uh he definitely hasn't played a lot at center for the flyers um, yeah I follow the flyers a little bit more closely they're just one of the eastern conference teams i've taken a liking to but i'm looking at his stats he only took about 200 face-offs in 2014-15, yeah. just over 100 2015-16. And then last year he took uh, quite a few more. He took about 500. But his face-off percentage for his career yeah. is 45.3. Yeah. So he's not... That's uh, not fantastic. Choice. Yeah, that's, that's not great. But, you know, I mean... Uh, Paul Stastny is one of the best face-off men in the league, and we got mm-hmm. Vladimir Sabotka, who, for whatever reason, we did not use <laughs> the face-off dot in the playoffs. Yeah, I ever. heard something today from, I think it was from Jeremy Rutherford, saying that he told the coaches last year that he had just been uncomfortable at the center position, readjusting from the European game. So hopefully yeah. that's something that he resolves in the off season, and he can be a face-off guy on the third line. And then if you have him on the third and Stastny on the first, maybe you can afford to um, lose some of the face-offs to Shen if he's playing second-line center. But I think what you said, maybe he does make more sense as a right-winger. Yeah. But overall, whatever position he plays, I just think he makes this team a lot better. Yeah. And I think the real gem of this that I haven't seen uh, talked about a lot, as you mentioned it, was getting rid of Yoy Laterra's contract. Because this is a guy who, you know, two days before the draft, <laughs> this is we, a were guy. T- we were talking about 
trading away assets just for the Vegas Golden Knights to pick him yeah. to take his contract, which the Knights did with uh, David Clarkson's contract from the Blue Jackets. Yeah. And I think McKelger Boss. Yeah, from the Islanders. Yeah. So we were talking about possibly trading even one of our first-round picks to just get rid of the yeah. almost $9 million left on his deal over two years, maybe a little over $9 million. I think it was two years for 4.7. Yeah. So we get to send his contract free of free of any obligations to the Flyers. We pick up Shin's contract, which is a little more. I think it's, it's five, five on a season. Yeah. For, for three? three more years? I think three more. Yeah, yeah. But obviously he's a he's a productive player, so you don't mind paying a productive player well, I can't, five million. Yeah. I can't remember how many people we had what do you have 25 goals last year something mm-hmm. like that um other than tarasenko going over that did we have i mean berglund i think got close-ish i believe i heard a stat i'll look it up right now but i believe i heard a stat that said he would have basically been second oh most yeah of our uh statistical categories which is like <laughs> if he had repeated his stats from yeah. last year. Which is like great, but also like sad. Yeah, <laughs> I mean not sad, but like that line. But the sure. fact that we got a guy who you want to help and he is going to help, but it's like already a second best. But that's not really what you're like picturing, if you will. Yeah. Um, his so his 55 overall points last year would have tied Jaden Schwartz for second, but his 25 goals would have passed Schwartz. His uh, 17 power play goals would have well surpassed anyone, including Tarasenko. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, he's just, I mean, he's obviously a top six forward. Yeah. Uh, he's obviously, he's still young. He was a fifth overall draft pick in 2009. That was by L.A., uh, right? The Kings yeah. uh, moved to uh, Philadelphia as part of the Mike Richards deal. And Oh, wow. I think, I think this is a case where he never exactly fit at Philly because of they have Giroux and Voracek on the first line. Yeah. And then they've had a couple of young centers. Well, they got uh, Couturier. Yeah, Couturier. they have Couturier. Yeah. Couturier. And Couturier. then this year, especially, the the Flyers barely missed the playoffs, and they get oh, yeah, yeah. just the, the absurd luck <laughs> in the uh, lottery, in the draft lottery, to pick second, where they pick Nolan Patrick of the Brandon Wheat Kings. So they, they envision seeing him playing next year for them yeah yeah i think so and i think it's just one of those cases where not because they don't like shin but because they have patrick they have couturier they have a lot of young players who are ready to come up he just became kind of a, a move yeah. asset i don't want to even say an odd man out because he's too good to just be an odd man yeah out. but he became a guy they could move and yeah i think the blues I think two first would have been a high price for him uh, if, you know, we hadn't also moved the Laterra contract. I do think we were probably playing a little more to mm-hmm. move that contract, but we did. And now we have a great player to add to our top six as well. And I think it was, I, I think this was a home run for Doug Armstrong, probably the best trade he's made since 
maybe the Jay Bomeister deal. It feels like know. forever. Yeah. <laughs> oh, not like forever since he's made a good one, but forever since a, just a trade period. Yeah. I, I think, mean, we've made signings and things like that, but I can't remember a big one. Yeah. We were talking on the night of the draft and a little going in. It seems like maybe since the Ryan Miller deal that we made in 2013, 2012. Yeah. I think, oh man, I think it was 20. Maybe it was 2014. It was like 2014. It was the 13, 14 season. Yeah. I, since that deal, didn't work out it seems like armstrong's been a little more timid because he was a guy there for a while who could be relied on to make a big deal whether yeah. it's the shattenkirk johnson trade or the uh jay bomeister trade and some others that he made in there uh trading peron to get pay Arvey, those sorts of deals he usually was <laughs> yeah the halak trade he was usually relied on to make a pretty big deal most off seasons and then since that miller deal he did the Oshie. He did the Oshi and Brower. Yeah, he did do that. But it but seemed like then, he was a little more timid to make those big, you know, headline generating deals. I will say one thing. I thought about that before when we had talked about that, about how he hasn't really made any of those yeah, big deals. And I think part of it, to his credit or something like that, is that when we when we started out and we'll say Halak was like his first big deal, I suppose we were an okay team at like best Mm -hmm. and so we like had to make big deals to get us better i mean you might not have to but it it just seems the way if you're not going to draft well you know you don't have people coming up to the system immediately Mm -hmm. so then once you kind of get to that level you can still make big deals but you kind of want to like maintain you want to hit that level and you want to stay there sort of thing now granted we didn't want to cup and we don't go very deep so do you really want to stay there you're trying to move up even further but i think it's one of those house of card things where he's built it up and he's afraid one if you make another big one you're starting at the bottom again right um but that i mean that might not be necessarily the best approach Mm -hmm. but i'm i'm thinking that might be his maybe not his thought process but in the back of his mind um but I do like this deal a lot. I've heard a few people say, um, or just a few Flyers fans write on stuff that he's okay, five on five, um, in terms of Shen, like defense. Yeah, Shen. Um, but that I think it, it makes up for it in just power play. Mm-hmm. Just the fact that I supposedly plays like right in front of the net. He's pretty much the Bacchus area, which yeah. is good, which is something we had zero of last season. I mean, obviously Bacchus is gone, but we didn't really have anyone that sat in front anyways. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just think, I think he's supposedly has just an amazing forecheck and like tenacity. So I'll, I'll take that because we already have like a pretty structured, almost defense first team anyways. Yeah. So I don't think one guy is just going to blow it up or something. Yeah. But so I'll, I'll take those lumps with it. He's obviously, you know, he's not some perfect guy or whatever. Right. They don't trade. He's a lot not Sidney Crosby. We could have had Sidney Crosby. <laughs> I'm going to let everyone know we could have had him. We could have traded for him. I think it's very possible. We really blew it not trading we for <laughs> David last summer. Yeah. For sure. It's very easy. <laughs> I've done it on NHL 17. Exactly. Uh, yeah. I mean, I think I think that's exactly right. And I think it's you know, St. Louis has a tendency. It's my hometown and I love it. But it has a Rip tendency <laughs> to... <laughs> Look at guys who are acquired in free agency or acquired by a big deal and kind of put extra pressure on them. Uh, So I hope that Shen can avoid that in his first year here. I think it's fair to expect another 50-point over 20-goal season. I don't think it's necessarily fair to expect a lot more than that. Mm -hmm. But if he can give you 25 goals next year, I mean, that's something we absolutely did not have behind. Yeah. 
uh, Schwartz would usually be about there, but he had that weird season that had that had the injury yeah. and then the one like twenty game cold streak. So, I mean, if we if we added a forward who's a twenty five goal, fifty five, sixty mm. point type player. There's nothing, and traded a bad contract. There's yeah. nothing wrong with that. Well, Shen more than makes up for. He pretty much replaces Perron. Yeah, I'd say better than. I would say um, a better overall player. And than then Latera was a non-factor, at least statistics-wise, last year, points-wise. So yeah. he's essentially covering two players, and we still have a spot for another right. player if you think about it like mathematically. Yeah. So, and one of the things we'll talk about over this podcast and over the off season is. The Blues have a lot of depth, and so it's honestly not a bad thing for them to clear up two spaces yeah. and fill it with one guy, because then mm-hmm. they just have less body as they're trying to fit into the same amount of holes. They have a log jam. Like, I used to think it was just at defense, but I think it's starting to be at forward now, yeah, too. I they might be a little further out, but in a year or two, if people aren't moved or traded, you know, smart trades, smart signings, that's going to be... A nice problem to have, but it'll be uh, it'll be an interesting it will issue. Be a bit of an issue, yeah. And so, if you move to, if you think we lose Peron to Vegas, we lose Laterra in this deal. We basically traded two of those third line spots, which is where a lot of those logjam, kind of Sanford, mm. Jaskin, uh, Payarvi type people are right now. We clear up two of those spots because Peron would have flipped between the third and second line, and mm. Laterra would have been a third liner probably. And we add a top six forward. I think that's pretty much a home run for uh, Doug Armstrong. And that's it. I'm not enough of a Flyers expert to speculate why they made the deal yeah. other than what I already said about him kind of being a movable asset. And they did pick up two first-round picks, yeah. and that's not invaluable. But I mean, just think of the other people they have that you just wouldn't move before them. I right. mean, you're not going to move Giroux or Simmons yeah, or Couturier. Yeah. Anybody like Gostas Bear or anything like that. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, he's definitely a movable asset. It'll be interesting to see what if anything, they use Laterra for there. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I do. I, I mean, I have nothing against. I'd him. be happy if he rebounded. He's that's the one thing that'll be interesting between Shen and him is that Shen's definitely more of a goal scorer, mm-hmm. whereas Laterra is definitely a playmaker type. Not that I think we need that more on this team. Yeah, but I think it'll be interesting to see how they adjust to that in Philadelphia. Yeah. And, I mean, you don't necessarily want to see Laterra bounce back and have, a, like, a 40-point well, yeah. year, but, like, I don't wish him any ill. And no. I hope he can. He was just slow. He's had a couple of garbage seasons. He was just slow. To be perfectly honest, and I hope he can be at least an asset for the Flyers. We'll miss his buttermilk <laughs> legs and all the other <laughs> weird legs, stuff yeah. he said. And we will miss his father, Para Laterra, who Paralet- is the best name in hockey. Rest so. in peace. He's alive. <laughs> yeah. So the Blues moved on from the 27th pick uh, on Friday night, and it seemed like they were done for the night. But then just as soon as we started to assume that, uh, we started to see rumblings on Twitter uh, and sort of read rumors that Ryan Reeves was maybe going to the Philadelphia, or not the Philadelphia Flyers, the Pittsburgh Penguins, the defending Stanley Cup champions. I think Ryan Reeves heard rumblings of that (laughs) as we were hearing it. Yeah, and uh, the the Penguins sat with a 31st pick, at the end of the first round because they just won the cup and you and I were kind of sitting there thinking we couldn't be trading Ryan Reeves yeah. for the first round pick, which is nothing against Reeves, but he's a fourth line 
winger, I, yeah. and we were trading him for we would have been trading him for a first round pick. It didn't seem natural, but it seemed to be picking up momentum in the rumor mill. And once again, Gary Bettman approached the podium and announced that the Blues had made another deal. Uh, this time, it was the thirty first pick was being traded to the Blues. Uh, we were sending Ryan Reeves, our fourth line uh, forward, and the 51st overall pick, our second round pick. Oh, that's right. Okay. Uh, to Pittsburgh, and we were also picking up uh, Swedish center Oscar Sundquist in the deal. Um, I think this was a move that kind of it answered a question in the sense that we had protected Ryan Reeves earlier in the week. Oh, yeah. And I understood that move because I think Ryan, as much as David Perron is a a good player that shows up, you know, four or five times as often on the stats sheet, uh, he's got a more replaceable skill set, as as we saw, because Mm. the defending champions were willing to trade a first-round pick for Ryan Reeves. David Perron's a 20-goal third-line winger who can play some second-line minutes. Yeah. Honestly, those yeah. are a dime a dozen. In yeah, the NHL. well, it's just fine. That's yeah, it's They're one of those things where you can look at. We didn't have them for a yeah. handful of years. We had them last year. I liked them here, uh-huh. but did you look at the team and go, "Man, this is such a different team with David right. Perron"? It's, I, he's just a bo- he's a body. I like him, but he's he's is what he is. Yeah, I think David Perron was one of our honestly one of our underrated players last year. He was one of the two or three that played. He did better than I thought he would. Played be, all yeah. eighty-two games, and he did fine, but. You know, you, it's the same reason you see guys like Lee Stempniak get traded every year, because those guys have value. Yeah, but they're very available too. So, yeah, that uh, is kind of weird. Just as a side, like those people kind of fall into like a vacuum. Do you know what I mean? So like they get a one-year contract, mm-hmm. and they're serviceable and everything. But because someone else is out there just like them, they can get pushed back into that vacuum, and it's like a self fulfilling prophecy it's yeah. self-sustaining because you had a one-year contract and you're good enough but there's other people out there you'll just keep getting them no matter almost like no matter what you do and eventually you're old enough for like well, we're only going to sign you to a couple of years right. so it's yeah. this weird i feel like you got to stare in the mirror and yeah. you're just like where's the time gone how has this <laughs> happened to me yeah Stemniak, our dreams were crushed when he was not drafted by the Vegas Golden Knights. We were pretty confident he was going to be their first captain, I th- and yeah. it was stolen from us. <laughs> I thought Mark Mathot was going to be their captain. He's gone and now, he's too. He's gone, too. So, so I guess it's down to James Neal and Mark Flurry. Uh, oh God! It's got, do you make the goalie your captain? I, I, I don't think anybody does it, but he's but he ha- but he's the only one of any note. Yeah, he's or on character. the ice all the time too. You would think. <laughs> It would be an option. But in any case, moving on back to the Blues. Uh, so we protected Ryan Reeves, and some people were unhappy with that. But I don't know whether, you know, um, Armstrong had already had conversations with Jim Rutherford of the Penguins or not. But obviously he knew Ryan Reeves was a unique asset. And uh, in the end, we traded him for a first-round pick. Granted, the latest first-round pick there's ever been, but still a first-round pick. Yeah. Uh, even if that's you're great. looking at the first pick in the tw- in the second round, which it would have been last year, that's still a really valuable pick. And we pick up another young center in the deal. Uh, somebody pointed yeah. out on one of the message boards or on Twitter that this is honestly really similar to the return we got for Kevin Shattenkirk. Oh, yeah. The difference, of course, here is that we did give up our second round pick, so we were only trading up. 
instead of you know picking up a th- first round pick. But there are some com- similarities between Sunquist and Samford, and it is kind. It, I think more than anything, it shows how valuable Ryan Reeves is considered to be by the Penguins. Yeah. and I do want to give him the proper respect, and he's a fan favorite here. But what do you think of this move overall? I mean, I liked it. I liked it a lot. I was surprised we got a first out of it. Yeah. Period. Um, but then it, I don't know, it sank in within a minute or something. I'm like, okay, yeah, this makes sense. But I was even more surprised, not that I think Sunquist is the bigger deal, but I was just surprised that we got anything else. I thought it was going to be Ryan Reeves for the first. Yeah. And I'd forgotten we gave him our second. But yeah, it was, I was surprised. And that's something where he's young. Um, he's only played like 28 games, I think, in like the NHL period, like 18 last year or 18 two years ago and then like 10 last year he had like i'm trying to remember he had like a goal and three assists four points i looked this up because his one goal is a shorthanded goal and a game-winning goal so it's a pretty big goal he's gonna score lots of big goals um but yeah i i liked it a lot his goals are game-winning shorthanders yeah. will be fine yeah if he scores some meaningless goal i'll be very upset but I I liked it for getting that pick back, for getting our first back. I think the Shen deal might have been slightly harder to swallow if it was both those firsts and we don't get any first back in return from some other deal like this. Yeah, um, It wouldn't have been terrible, but I think just getting it back and being able to have those two firsts still was essentially made it a wash, made the Shen deal just next year's first and Yori Letera, more or less. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think I used the word home run earlier to describe. That's two words, technically. The words home run. <laughs> it's not run. hyphened? It's not, I, if you're the English guy. We can. We'll say it's hyphenated. You can hyphenate anything. <laughs> <laughs> I do. I think I used that to describe the uh, Shin deal, and I think it is. I mean, I thought it was a great deal, but if, if that's a home run, I think this is a grand slam for Doug A slam dunk. Because... Uh, Honestly, I mean, and again, due respect to Ryan Reeves, who we all love and who's a great presence in the locker room. Yeah. He's a fourth line wing. Yeah. That's all. That's his ceiling. Yeah. You know, he's not even with all the injuries you have. He's not a guy that you can move up to the third wing. He's a he's or to the third line. He's a very skilled fourth line wing. I've heard several people describe him as the best at what he does in the league now. I'd say probably. probably Yeah, I'd say that's true. He's. He is There's not an another underrated one. skill player. Yeah. He's got soft hands, but more than anything else, he's a big, aggressive body who yeah. is, you know, the league, the, the enforcers are kind of dying out, as Sean Williams yeah. Scott can attest to. But, uh, <laughs> you know, he he's a guy that is there to protect your stars. Yeah. And that's what Jim Rutherford wanted. He thought in the playoffs that, uh, guys like Sidney Crosby were getting picked yeah. on a little bit, not getting protected by the referees. That's he thought that was worth a first-round pick to yeah. go out and attain somebody who was going to do that. And honestly, like you said, uh, I think if 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 Reeves had just been the price to move up twenty spots, yeah. and we hadn't gotten anything else, and had just moved from fifty-one to thirty-one, I think that would have been a great deal for the Blues. Yeah, but to also get Sunquist in this deal, I think could prove yeah. to be a really big move. Uh, Sunquist is a young center. He's got good speed and good size. He's yeah. 6'3". He's 209 pounds. He's got a mean mug. Uh, he, he does have a mean mug. He's uh, 
He's was a 2012 third round pick. Okay. I heard Armstrong on 101 ESPN the other day talking about how this was a guy they were interested in back then. And that's kind of interesting. The Penguins, uh, you know, were either ahead of them or traded up a few few spots to get him in the third round. So he's a guy they've had their eye on. And he fits, I think, what the Blues are trying to do now to get younger and faster, what Mm. uh, they're trying to do for head coach Mike Yo and his schemes. And so, you know, Sunquist is a good player. And then you trade up to get a first-round pick uh, who could be a great player that we're about to talk about. And you lose a guy who is, I think, approaching 30 or is already 30. Reeves, I think he's 30 left on his deal. And who honestly is the type of player that you might be able to lure back to St. Louis. Like if if we really feel the loss of Ryan Reeves this year, and we might because we definitely don't have anyone to replace him. You have like what? Kyle Brodziak? Yeah. Is that your muscle? Yeah. I guess. I guess. <laughs> he's, he's a guy that's uh, – Reeves is a guy that spent his whole career here. He's actually was, in, in one way of defining it, our longest tenured player. Bergwin has yeah. been with the Blues longer, but he's been in our organization longer. And, Good Lord. And, you know, I heard him on the radio say yesterday that St. Louis is the city that made him a man – and taught him how to play the game. So maybe he maybe he wants to come back. Yeah. And so if you if if That's, you need him and can sign him back in free agency next year, then it's you know it, it's better than a grand slam. But even yeah. if he's gone forever now, you lose a guy who's playing six seven yeah. minutes a night. Pick up a valuable third or fourth line center and the thirty first pick. And I think there i mean there's no argument yeah it's just just a weird deal for me from pittsburgh's perspective because i i get the thinking behind it but it's just kind of odd because i still think you know you're gonna get runs at crosby and some of those guys and they can kind of take it i mean especially crosby but it's one of those things where um i just don't know if it's so much protect them as it is to like maybe just kind of rough up the other team a little bit actually throw them in the four check and you know I don't know who they had over there in their fourth line before. They had like Tom, I want to say it was like Tom Sestito. Sestito. Mm-hmm. Uh, that dude's like just a regular goon. <laughs> like, so, I mean, that dude's just like, yeah, that's just a regular old goon. Whereas we were saying Ryan Reeves is kind of like your weird new hybrid, which is also kind of dead. Yeah. You kind of just have replacing goons like angry players, yeah. just angry regular players. Right. But yeah, I don't. I see it from their perspective. It was kind of interesting move. It was almost felt like a move they might have made a team that maybe say lost somewhere else in the playoffs, conference finals, or round before. And you're like, man, we really got roughed up. We need something like this. But they just won the cup for the second year, you know, in a row. And I was like, we really need this guy, which is cool. But it just felt like if that's my first reaction as like a Penguins fan, it's like what? Mm-hmm. Like okay, cool. But I'm more. I yeah. Best of luck to Ryan Reeves. I liked him here a lot. He was super enjoyable, a great character. Um, I know that's almost the thing they talked about with Braden Shen was I think I saw um, an interview with with uh, Armstrong where he was basically saying, like, if we didn't get Shen, we might not have traded Reeves. And that was just from a character perspective. Yeah. So that, speaks, that really speaks highly to both of them, uh, the fact that that's just something not even on the ice um, that they're, they want they want in the locker room. Mm-hmm. But but really, the big thing for me out of this trade, though, because you get all that, you get the 31st pick, that's no name on it, it's just a pick, but there had been a player that had not been picked yet at this point. Yeah. 
that was jonesing for <laughs> this team to pick up man yeah the blues pick at 31 Quim Costin, who is a russian primarily a winger he spent some time at center uh, who is a guy that was rated as the number one overall skater out of Europe. And this is a guy, Ian, that when we were talking on draft night and before, you would have been overjoyed if we picked him at 20. Yeah. And we were sitting there at 17, 18, kind of wondering if this guy was going to go. We were also looking at uh, Kyler Yamamoto, who also wasn't picked. Um, <sighs> <laughs> That's fine. I have zero... I have zero. Uh, scouting ability whatsoever. This is just what I read from other people that might also suck at scouting. <laughs> but these are like players that, yeah, that had gone undrafted when we got to 20. We picked uh, Robert Thomas, famed Matchbox 20 singer. Yes. Robert Thomas. Singer of such hits as I don't know any Matchbox 20 hits off my. There's one with Santana. Which one has Santana in it? There's one with Santana. Yeah, but that wasn't Matchbox 20. That was just Robert Thomas. Well, even better. He's smooth. And, you know, as Ian mentioned, neither of us are NHL scouts, so we only know what we read about these guys. But uh, Cost- I, I do watch a YouTube video or two, which That's is very <laughs> insightful, I promise you. Costum was a guy that I think a lot of people were surprised was still there at 31. Yeah. Uh, he fell down draft boards a little bit because of a shoulder injury last year that made him miss a lot of the year. And then on top of that, I think he probably would have been drafted higher. But in the NHL draft, we've seen this before. It's how we have our biggest star now. Uh, there's just fear that surrounds Russian yeah. players of whether that, you're going to be able to get them to North America away from yeah. the KHL. And honestly, I think I think that's kind of dying out. I don't I don't think yeah. that's as it was a real big fear there for a while. I think right after uh, Kovalchuk went over. Yeah, I think that's your high mark where people are yeah. just not doing it. And yeah, when was that? That was like in 13 or something like that. It was like a while that. ago. And yeah. in reality, that's a move that kind of bailed out the New Jersey Devils <laughs> to get rid of that contract and yeah. send it over to uh, Russia. But I I just think, you know, I mean, you see, you saw Valery Nachushkin go over a couple, yeah. a couple years ago, leave the Stars. Uh, was that just last year? That might have been just last year. He was against us in the playoffs two years ago. So, yeah. So it happens, but Man. I think it's... And it's a way you can profit with later picks yeah. is to take a chance on these guys. Well, what's weird about him is just that he, you know, you were saying they don't want to, they're wary of them going back to Russia. But from all reports, and maybe it's just the Blues research more or something, is that he's like super duper dedicated to being over here. Yeah. Like he's like, if I'm not in the NHL, I'll be in the AHL. And I know he has his rights to like the Kelowna Rockets or something mm. in the WHL now too, which I highly doubt he'll be in. But there's options, and I just feel like, it's one of those things where I guess maybe other teams just didn't look at it as closely, or it's it's still like you said the Russian factor. And even with him saying that, like okay, Klim, like we hear you, but we've heard this plenty of times. <laughs> like we yeah. hear this all the time. So yeah, I think it's a great pick for thirty-one. Yeah. It's kind of a boomer bust. I know um, various people, you know, via Twitter message boards or things, have been trying to pencil them into the lineup, which. I'll tell you right now, it's just a bunch of like hogwash. There's yeah, like no way. There's just no way. He's got. I think even if he'd been yeah. healthy last year, I don't know no. that he'd be ready for the NHL game. The European game is very different. Yeah, it's, it's like, just so much bigger. You can yeah. You can get away with a lot more stick handling, a lot more just like you can slow the game down a lot more. I think it makes some players look a little bit better than they are in terms of like on ice vision, like making passes and things like that. Yeah. 
because um, there's just more time. Mm-hmm. But I think it's one of these things where he's just he's got those raw abilities. I read stuff that said he has just like an amazing, just hard wrister. Like it's just accurate over accurate. And then he was scoring people on uh, this uh, rookie camp. I know it's a rookie camp, mm-hmm. but where it's just these things where the goalie knows where he's shooting and they just can't stop it because it's that fast. Yeah, and, um, and we see that with Tarasenko. Yeah. So. Yeah, or, or Ovechkin. I mean, Ovechkin sets up the same spot. Yeah. And I've, I see goalies get over there in time, and it goes in. <laughs> I have never seen anything as predictable as the Washington Capitals power play. It's yeah. Still a, the, uh, most, yeah. the most predictable power play, and it works every yeah, time. Yeah, it's like, what? Exactly. And Costin's a guy, he's he's 6'3", he's 196 pounds. So yeah, the guy's filling out to do. But he's already big. I mean, he's that's big. a that's an NHL body. Yeah, but 196 is pretty light for a 6'3". I guess for three. being that big, yeah. And he, he projects to be a, a pretty physical, power forward type. Yeah. So I don't think he's going to be ready to play in the NHL this year. I think he's, I yeah. I think maybe next year if he just really, yeah. really heats up. But he was injured last year and... Like we were talking about earlier today, I think this is just kind of a no-brainer yeah. pick here. Well, he's a guy that you can you can keep in the AHL and just like do the classic Detroit Red Wing thing and just like let him sit there for. I mean, not forever, but for a good chunk of time. There's a lot of guys at forward that slot in above him yeah. that just give us time for him. There's yeah. no reason to push him up whatsoever. Yeah, exactly. We're not we're not killing for him or anything like that. And if like he's that. committed to staying here, you know that's just another reason. But this is a guy, like we said rated as the number one skater in Europe. Yeah. If he'd been healthy, I I have heard several people say if he'd been healthy last year, very possible he's a top 10, even yeah. a top five or three pick. So to pick him at 31, when you've already got your center, uh, Rob Thomas, yeah. <laughs> from... Uh, from Canada, the London Knights, which is a, you know one of those most most reliable OHL yeah. programs, you've already taken that safe pick. Even though you know this was a draft that was weird overall, yeah, because it was so you know behind uh, Hishier and uh, Nolan Patrick, yeah, and then the two defensemen that came up after them, there was just a lot of unknowns. They so, all just kind of equaled out the same, yeah. Yeah, you take your safe pick maybe with. Uh, with uh, Thomas, who has the most plain name. I don't know why I can't remember it. But you take that pick, and then I think probably Doug Armstrong is is over the moon to see Quim Costin still on the board at 31. However yeah. long that Reeves trade had been percolating, if he thought he was going to get that pick back mm-hmm. to get this guy here, you said boomer bust. I don't even know if it's bust because I think yeah. that, you know late that late in the first round, it's boom or kind of whatever. You yeah, know, it's a boomer mess. That's true. If you will. Because I don't think you know if the first overall pick in the second round yeah. becomes a superstar, twenty years from now you'll look at draft boards. Yeah, I guess he's not. Yeah, like a failure. But anyone who's familiar with this draft and who this kid was. Even if he doesn't pan out, you know, they're going to say, well, this is a pick you have to make here. Yeah. And I think the Blues did a great job. And I think you hinted at it earlier. I just think these are two trades that kind of completed each other. Yeah. Because you give up two first-round picks in the re- in the uh, Braden Shen deal, mm-hmm. which seems like a lot. But you immediately get one back. Yeah. And I think, like you mentioned, Shen's uh, personality kind of complements and completes that void that Reeves left behind. Mm. And so... For those three minutes. From, yeah, in the space of about, I don't know, 30 (laughs) 30 minutes, 
in the draft, we went from kind of assuming we weren't doing anything yeah. at picks 25, 24, being disappointed. And then, you know, the Blues were, I would say, the, the kind of the superstars of the first night of the draft. Um, yeah, I'd say they. I'd say they did. They're definitely like top five in terms of draft. Yeah. It's it's hard to project other people just because not a lot of trades are made yeah. like in the draft. But yeah, for sure. I've seen them call, called winners on every one of those winners of the draft sort of lists that you read, which of course are are winners and whoever. losers. <laughs> yeah. I love losers but. of the draft. What a loser. <laughs> Yeah, it's hard to call a guy a loser when you've drafted one player in the first. <laughs> can round. you okay? So can you imagine being drafted by a team like okay? You know, you've probably got lots of criticism before. You yeah. know, you've heard it before, uh-huh. and you're you're a competitive person. But all of a sudden, you're like okay, the Canucks or whatever, and the first thing is like losers is yeah. like the Canucks. You're like oh why? And it's like because this they picked you. They're like this guy's hero. just awful. Yeah. And you're like, no, no, they're not losers. I felt like a winner last night. I'm like, well, don't feel like it. You're on the Canucks. (laughs) I wouldn't want to be on the Canucks. We all know how I feel about the Canucks. And by we all, I mean you and I. Well, at least they're bad. (laughs) That's true. That is a comfort. I think, so just to recap, night one, pick Robert Thomas at 20th overall. That's a pick that kind of... That had mixed reviews just because he's one yeah. of those guys because of how weird this draft year was. Some people had him rated right at about the twentieth, and some I think some him in the third round. Third round. Yeah. So it's just one of those weird picks. But then when you clean up with the Shin trade and the Reeves trade and get Clem Coxon yeah. at the end of the first, I think you have a great first night. Uh, the second day of the draft for the Blues was well, it started off quiet because we traded our second round pick and we'd traded our third round pick sometime earlier do you know what deal that was in lord yeah i'm not sure we don't, don't have we didn't have a third round pick is did that go to part. washington i don't know Maybe that seems like a high price anyway no i don't think they picked to like the fourth round yeah for, what, for, for, whatever, <laughs> for whatever reason we didn't have a third round pick so we picked fourth round we stayed pat we didn't make any trades on the second day and with the 113th overall pick, we picked another Russian whose name I will certainly butcher. Butcher, I butchered the word butcher. Uh, his <laughs> name is Alexei Toropchenko, not to be confused with Vladimir Tarasenko. I want yeah. This is a Russian right winger, and uh, I don't know a ton about this guy, but I think it's another situation where this is kind of a maybe a sleeper steal sort of pick. He played on the same team as Kostin in Russia. Yeah, yeah. And he's another guy that I think fell a long way because of the Russian fear. And, you know, it's thought that, that Kostin can maybe lure him over here. There was a few there was a few different Twitter, I guess, accounts for different Russian scouts and things like that, or international scouts that I read that said that this was another sort of steal. I know we're kind of beating our own drum here with all the steel stuff, but like it, it certainly felt like they thought this guy could have gone anywhere. And like you said, it wasn't the deepest draft, so it kind of goes up and down. But I know he's supposedly right winger, uh, shoots left, played in Russia last year, like you said, uh, with Costin. Um, supposedly, I, I mean, his rights are with uh, the Gulf Storm up in the OHL, which is uh, the team that Fabry played for for a couple of years up there. Um, and I know it supposedly says he's going over there this year, so. I always think it's great when they come over to play. Anyone in Europe comes over to play on North American ice for a handful of years or, you know, a couple of months even just to get used to it. Yeah. Um, I think he's, yeah, 6'3", like 187 is what I saw in terms of weight. 
Um, and I just saw a few things because, yeah, I, I wanted to look up stuff on him, if not only for the name. Sounded interesting <laughs> enough. I love Toropchenko. Yeah. The Blues have a history of picking guys who <laughs> have names that sound like guys they already have. Yeah. Jaden Schwartz and Jordan <laughs> Schmaltz and now Alexei Toropchenko following Vladimir <laughs> Tarasenko. The weird thing is when you texted me that and I saw his name... And it was like all caps, and I, it was one of those things where I'm like, I recognize the name sort of, uh-huh. and it's exciting. And it was one of those things where like, I'm excited now. I don't know, like, I don't know why exactly. <laughs> this is great. Um, I know just a few things people said from like the um, from the rookie camp, which only just started yesterday, right? And I haven't seen anything from today, but I know they did some stuff. Is that uh, he's Including supposedly go-karting. Oh yeah, uh, <laughs> Eric Johnson, be damned. Um, <laughs> But he supposedly has great acceleration. Like I've heard three or four strides, and he's full speed, which is great. I mean, especially for a bigger guy. Uh, that for being bigger, kind of like a Berglund and stuff, protects the puck pretty well. And that also is something that surprised people is that just positioning, that I guess he's picked off a lot of passes, and that he finds open ice pretty well, which is pretty good for a guy on, on smaller ice to do especially. Yeah. But I know him and Costin just in general have to work on like sort of stick handling things on smaller ice. I know... Um, a lot of a lot of uh, skaters from Europe have a harder time, or not even just skaters from Europe. I'm saying younger younger skaters have a lot of hard time just keeping the puck um, on the ice, more or less. I should say not on its side. Yeah, when they're moving it around, which is I know doesn't seem like that big a deal, but it's mm-hmm. not a ball. So when it gets <laughs> up when it gets up on its side, if you didn't know, a puck's on a ball. Uh, <laughs> When it gets on its side, it, you're just gonna you lose it going over the stick or something yeah. like that. And I know it's just one of those things where they're whether they're trying to be flashy or they just haven't got you know all these fundamentals down of shifting weight and things like that. It just kind of gets in your head. And I know for European players, like we were saying, bigger ice, they're kind of used to having more time with that. Mm-hmm. But um, but yeah, it's one of those things where it's really hard to pin. This is what this guy is gonna exactly like, and this is his faults yeah. and his strengths because they're just so young and it's so right. hard to tell. But I like. I like his raw talent, just even, you know, just size and ability, wanting to come over here. Um, that's someone I'm definitely looking forward to watching. I think he's only 18, so kind of like Costin, it's not, it's not any rush to get him in there. Yeah. And I think, look, size and speed are the two skills you can't teach yeah. someone. Well, that's, it so looks like that's what um, Bill Armstrong, the like head of our scouting department, is, you know, kind of the head of making these picks and whatnot, um, looks for, at least the scouting team. It seems like the last... I don't know how long he's been doing this for us, maybe like three or four years. I know they did the Fabry pick and everything. Mm-hmm. But he seems to really be emphasizing size and speed, which I mean which is seems like a mention right after all. Right, yeah. Fabry. <laughs> yeah. Well, I I'm just thinking, you know, Tage Thompson last year yeah. was like six three. I don't know if he's overly fast, but it just seems like one of those things where it it seems like a no brainer. You're like, Well, yeah. you want size and speed. But yeah, like you said, you can't really teach it to people. There's only so much you can do with speed. You can kind of work on people's acceleration, yeah. but at a certain point, it's like, well, this is what you got. Yeah, and I'm look. I'm not going to sit here and wax poetic about a fourth round pick. And yeah, call <laughs> he's Doug and Bill super sleeper. We're not related. Uh, the most brilliant minds in hockey, but the reality is, you get a guy who looks like he has the tools that could maybe eventually be a really big impact player yeah. at the NHL level. And if he's a guy you've never heard of five years from now, that's the fate of a whole lot of fourth round picks <laughs> in the NHL draft. So, best case scenario, he's a Henrik Zetterberg who I was, was also say, yeah. picked in the fourth <laughs> round. Worst case scenario, you don't think about this guy in five years and we move on. You know, that's just fall into the fourth the pick NHL graveyard. Draft, maybe more than any other 
pro entry draft, the the talent just drops off. I mean, I guess the NBA is that way too. But yeah, after the first Isn't the NBA, like two rounds. Yeah, after the first, Redonk. I don't know, ten picks, even in in an, in an yeah. average NHL year, but especially yeah. this year, after the first handful of picks, it's just it's kind of a crap yeah. shoot, and it's. You know, it's an increasingly wide spray there's, chart yeah. after the I mean, farther you go down. There's so. half of the first round in any year is going to be people you've never heard of. And even if it's more than half, it's players that turn into serviceable players. But it's like a, I want to say it's like, you know, a David Legwand who's a fine player. Yeah. But it's like, right. but as he, but if you thought about it, like he was in the first round, you're like, no, 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 yeah. no. I'm like, yeah, it was. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, we were talking about one of the comps that uh, Robert Thomas has gotten is Bo Horvat of the yeah. Vancouver Canucks. And honestly, if you pick a Bo Horvat at 20th overall, I'm fine with it. Yeah. He's a serviceable two-way second-line yeah. center. He's never going to be the biggest impact player yeah. on your team. I was like, yeah. He was the biggest impact player <laughs> on the Canucks last year. They suck. says more about the Canucks than Bo Horvat. Are we just going to rip on the Canucks? I, I thought about this that, today literally walking to my car in the parking lot. I was like... <laughs> Are the Canucks, like, even worth talking about anymore? Yeah, uh, not really. I like this. I'm taking after the other podcast listener. We're just going to rip the Canucks. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I mean, it's it's just, it's a it's a fine pick. It seems like it could be a steal. Yeah. It could be nothing, which is probably the best you can hope for yeah. in the fourth round. What are you going to do? Yeah. From then on, I, I'm not going to pretend to know anything <laughs> about these guys, but the Blues picked yeah. left-handed defenseman from then on out. In the fifth round, 130th overall, they picked David Noel. Okay, this is the guy. If I can step in. Yeah. Supposedly, this is the dude that Bill Armstrong said in an interview had like a rocket of a shot. Mm-hmm. And this was just one poster on uh, HF boards that I read today that said he watched him yesterday and his shot was a muffin which means soft, which means bad, which is totally fine. That's the kid, and it's one dude watching, so yeah. he could just lie. But I thought that was hilarious. because and it could be nerves, too. No, oh, yeah, yeah, for sure. But I just think, because that was this thing that Bill Armstrong emphasized, and he only emphasized one thing. But I just thought it was hilarious. This dude's like, oh, no, it's terrible. Yeah. I'm like, oh, no. <laughs> but, yeah, I'm sure he's fine. I think he's French-Canadian. Yeah, he comes out of Valdor. The Quebecois. Out of the Quebec Major Junior Hockey League, the QMJHL. Left-handed defenseman. Uh, one of these guys, Bill Armstrong said, had a ton of speed. One of the fastest players in the draft. I, I want to say it was the sixth. I, I remember the these fourth, by yeah. characters. It was yeah. fifth round was was fast, or was hard slap shot. Sixth round was speed. And seventh round was like some big dude. <laughs> I think that's what he said. <laughs> so, so we get uh, David Noel, left-handed defenseman in the fifth round. Sixth round uh, is with 175th pick. We pick uh, Trenton Bork, a left-handed defenseman from the Owen Sound attack of the OHL. No relation that we know of to the more famous NHL Borks, but as one, <laughs> I think it was Tom Temmerman of the Post-Dispatch joke, he does take Phoenix Copley's role in the organization of being named after a U.S. capital. Uh, <laughs> a very, yeah, Trenton. At least okay. his is spelled correctly. At That's least true. Trenton is spelled correctly. His parents knew. So you said Bill Armstrong said this might have been the guy who was It was real fast, yeah. Uh, I think he must be in the prospect camp, but I mean, being a sixth rounder, I don't think a lot there. of people yeah. post that much on him. Um, fifth, sixth, seventh, it's, it's yeah. a total crapshoot. So in the seventh round, we pick 
uh, 206th overall, I think 10th from last. Uh, Anton Anderson, left-handed defenseman out of Sweden, about whom I know nothing. <laughs> so uh, you made a He's good a point on draft day, I think, uh, about the fact that we picked three straight left-handed defensemen to round out the draft. Do you want to talk about that for a minute? Yeah. Um, I just think, so we yeah have those three left-handed defensemen for a long time. It's been kind of a running joke and also a fact, more or less, that I want to say, uh, I can't remember these last few as well, but before the Robbie Fabry draft in 2014, I swear all we drafted was defensemen. Yeah. At least it seemed like mm-hmm. it. Not so many in the first round. In fact, now that I think about it, uh, I guess Vanelli might have been first. He was first or second in Schwartz or Schwartz. Schmaltz. Schmaltz. <laughs> Jordan Schmaltz. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Jordan Schmaltz, I think, was up there. But yeah, it seems like we've always drafted defensemen and they were always offensive defensemen. But we have a lot, kind of, we have a lot that we just drafted now that are going to be, um, you know, a handful of years out. And then we have a lot sort of in the AHL currently that are kind of pushing at it to get in the NHL, maybe a year away sort of thing. Um, and I just think it solidifies that we have so many people on defense. And I forget, did you say all these were left-handed? Or were, three, yeah. Yeah, which is kind of weird. That's like a crazy swing because it used to be like we couldn't buy people on the left hand. <laughs> yeah. And now I think Dunn and Wallman are both left-hand. So now we're in this weird thing where now that we got rid of Shaddy, we got Petrangelo, we've got uh, Pareko, and then I, I can't even remember who our other righty is over there. Uh, Bortuzzo, Bortuzzo yeah, I guess that's why. I, that's exactly what I mean. If it's Bortuzzo, <laughs> which is fine. So, anyways, but yeah, I think that's a good spot to be in because we have room to trade from yeah, there. Yeah. There's not as many forwards that I would like to see traded. A that would fetch us a lot, yeah. or that I think are just skilled enough that I don't want to get rid of them. But I think there's a handful of defense where I think these guys are fine, but we have so many we we can get right. something for them. Yeah, they're the the one guy that seems to be kind of ahead of the pack from our defensive prospects is Vince Dunn. Oh, I've yeah. heard a lot of <laughs> a lot of talk about him being just really impressing people and being so close to ready. Uh, but we just have a ton of yeah. guys between Schmaltz and Vanelli and yeah. uh, these three guys we drafted and uh, Wallman. Just yeah. just so many defensive prospects. Wallman supposedly at the camp because yeah, I guess because he only just yeah. graduated from college yeah. and moved up. He supposedly looks amazing, uh, just like a boy or a boy among men, a man among boys. Yeah, and then we've got. I mean, we've got. Pareko and Edmondson at the ma- yeah. at the I almost said major league level at the NHL <laughs> yeah. level, who are still young. Defensive. That's what I mean. They're so not old. I I think you made a brilliant point. You know, you tr- you trade some of these assets, even if you swap a guy like a Vanelli for just mm. a, a left, you know, a, a forward prospect. Yeah, and we have a similar thing going on at goalie. We have just a ton of goalie yeah. prospects right now, and nowhere to put uh, Jordan Benningington. <laughs> Villa Huso and some of those guys. We traded Phoenix Copley back to yeah. Washington. But well, that AHL thing's a whole nother mess. Yeah. I don't even know how these people are going to get ice time. That'll have to be another podcast yeah. entirely. But I think it's just you build on your strengths. And, yeah. you know, if you can flip uh, possibly a you know, an Edmondson or uh, someone like that and a, a prospect for, say, a Matt Duchesne hypothetically, you know, maybe that's oh. a, a spot you can yeah. look at. So with that all said, 
when kind of the the rest of the Blues offseason uh, will kind of take place this weekend uh, for the most part. It's free agency and, yeah. and blackness yeah. for two then months nothing. until training camp. This will then be a Cardinals podcast, yeah. something, <laughs> something I know Jack about. So so the, uh, the free agency signing period starts on the 1st of July every year, what which time? is this Saturday at it's always There's a time. Or two, I think it's I noon. should know this because I was hanging on a like just a thread when yeah. uh, I was working whatever two years ago. And I was on the computer, and I was like, I'm just waiting for us to sign Stasny, and here we go. And I won't know if it happened right away. I can't remember. It must have. I was at uh, Deerberg's, yeah. which is a local grocery store. I was working when we signed Stasny, and last year I was in the backwoods of some <laughs> southeastern state on a Civil War battlefield road trip <laughs> when we lost David Backus and Troy Brower and signed David Perron in the space of about 30 minutes. Like This is what it feels so, like to be part of the Civil War. <laughs> <laughs> Felt like despair. It. So uh, yeah, the UFAs—they're uh, currently negotiating with teams. We're getting a lot of blurbs about you know, Justin Williams has narrowed his search <laughs> down to three teams or whatever. Yeah, uh, they're just Ryan M- Miller will never have a job again in the NHL. That sort of thing. Uh, so curtains? Is it curtains, curtains for Ryan Miller? It's curtains for. We Ryan hate the Canucks. Miller. We sure do. <laughs> so. So, uh, yeah, the, the big area of business is free agents, and um, it's a weak year for free agents. The, yeah. honestly, honestly, the best free agent by a, a wide margin is Kevin Shattenkirk, who the Blues are obviously not going to sign since Ooh, they just traded yeah. away. Um, that, guy's, that guy's a ranger, and I swear to God if he's all <laughs> becomes a Tampa Bay Lightning oh, I'll, player. I'll shoot him. I'll yeah. personally find him and murder him. If he if he signs with the Lightning, for those of you who don't know, uh, it's pretty public knowledge that Kevin Shattenkirk refused a trade that would have sent him to Tampa Bay for the Yeah. Uh, well, so you didn't want to re- you didn't they will only want to make the trade if he've signed right, right. resigned so he with them. He didn't have a no movement clause or anything, but he was he refused to extend his contract to stay in Tampa Bay. Uh, and we would have received Jonathan Druin, who was a second or third overall pick a couple years yeah, ago yeah. for the Lightning. And so if if we if he ends up in Tampa Bay after all this, uh you, I'll, I'll, I will not be pleased with that. <laughs> I, so I don't think he will. I do but think yeah, it's going to be it's, New York. I think that's the only thing that makes sense. Yeah, his, New York or Twitter New York. bio literal, literally says New Yorker at heart or something like that. I mean, I think we've all known he was going to be a Ranger for... Isn't he from Connecticut? Is yeah. that just close? Yeah, I mean, I know it. I like get it's Manhattanite cl- yeah. or I get it's close yeah. enough. But do you f- do people feel like that? I don't yeah. think people from Connecticut are like New York. Like Maybe he's got family connections. You know, I don't know. Um, yeah. If I was just like in, you know, Independence, Missouri, I wouldn't be like, oh, I'm a Kansas City and through, yeah. through you know, yeah. and even that, that's a lot closer. Yeah, I was like, at least that one's like your next closest city. If you're yeah. from Connecticut, I guess you'd be from Boston. I'm not from the Northeast. Maybe that's sacrilege. <laughs> maybe if you're from Connecticut, you're never from Boston. Yeah, maybe. Uh, but Shattenkirk's the best one, I would say, by a pretty more yeah. wide margin. A the rest, lot of, are the just, rest of them yeah. are kind of role players. There is Alexander Radulov. I don't think he wants like six years though, or yeah, something. Six or I don't five think years. Blues would ever be in the market for him. I think he'll. I think he'll end up back in Montreal probably. Yeah, that'd Just be my guess. If I had to pick, if he's gone from there, they. 
that team as a side, Montreal just has so many holes up there. Mm-hmm. And they're so interesting because they they're a huge it's like the Yankees. It's like if the Yankees stunk and just had to like we're like, well, we can't stink. We got to like we got to do something. We got to yeah. go now now now. It's always now 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 with them. Right. And so I think and if they lose Radulov, like yeah. trade PK Subban. <laughs> And what we sort saw of, how that worked? What oh. sort of now, now, now is that? And yeah. Mark Bergevin's head, where he's like, now, now, they're looking around. I think That's it's what, literally just a metronome now. now yeah, now. that guy like woke <laughs> up and just like shook his body over to the phone and yeah. got Poil on the line. We are today is fun fact the one year anniversary of the day that PK Subban was traded to Nashville in exchange for Shea Weber, and in that same wow. like half hour period, Steven Stamkos signed his extension with. Uh, the Lightning and uh, yeah, but he's more or less what was the head. other big trade that happened right then? Taylor oh. Hall to New Jersey for Adam Larson, which I am still convinced will go down as one of the terrible trades in history, uh. but didn't look as bad last yeah. year. So uh, there are a couple like veteran impact players that might. Um, Joe Thornton is a name that's been tossed around for mm-hmm. the Blues. I am like bipolar on that possibility. I think I, yeah. it depends a lot on the contract. If it's two years, four or five million, yeah. I'd, I'd say go for it. He's, he's still He'd probably a, a first-line center, line center yeah. or a second-line center. The Blues would just have then th- two guys who are like – two or three guys who are like slightly better than second-line centers and not really first-line yeah. centers. Uh, Thornton would add some of that. Obviously, tons of the veteran influence yeah. and some of that grit that we lost. I think the problem uh, with he would have yeah. to shave his beard, or I will murder him. <laughs> they could do that. I think the problem good, with him. Good news yeah. is he did lose David Perron, so he. Oh, I thought about that today. To concuss any of his. Teammates. He wouldn't have to apologize that to Joe anyone. Joe Thornton is a guy, as far as I know, is an angel. Uh, to everyone else in yeah. his entire NHL career, yeah. it, and yet he has had two game misconducts, and they've both been against the. What Blues. was the second one? Uh, there was one last year. I forget. Did he like I think spear he, like, somebody, speared, of course. Uh, Schwartz or somebody. It was, some, <laughs> it was like equally weird to just that horribly yeah. violent hit that he took David Perron out for like over He's a year. The- that is that hit is terrible, but it's kind of funny when you watch it. He I think doesn't he leave the penalty yeah, box? Yeah, and just, he just elbows Perron yeah. going full speed into his elbow, and it's like he just walks back in. It's the Oshi uh, uh, Rick Nash situation. It was just heat sinking missile. <laughs> but um, Joe Thornton, I don't think is the best idea. Like I'd love to have him. You, you know, eat my words for this or something. But he just seems like the type of guy that's. He's that much older, and he has been solidified at a specific team. That mm-hmm. I just think he's going to have preconceived notions, which are fine. Like when he comes into a team that he's kind of a big enough character or player yeah. that you might want to say, "Hey, can you fit in with our team?" And he's right. it's just going to be the Blues and Joe Thornton yeah. sort of thing. He which if the- they win a cup like that, cool. But it just feels like he's not against them necessarily, but he's just kind of his own entity. Yeah. He's the type of guy that you have to slap an A on right away. And just, yeah, like, yeah. He's, a, he's an all-time great. So it's it's just weird to add those to your yeah. teams, I think. I feel like the Blues yeah. in our time, especially now, I mean the last six, seven years, mm-hmm. haven't done that as much. They used to kind of, but that's when they were pretty bad, and there was almost like a, a graveyard for other players. <laughs> I mean, we had like Andy <laughs> McDonald had some good years in Korea. Yeah. But they were never a big enough thing. Doug Waiton. Yeah. That was not quite the same. Yeah. yeah. They were never a big enough thing that it changed the team they were on. But also, I don't think they 
expected as much. I don't know that yeah. Joe Thornton would, but it certainly feels like it. Yeah, and I think it's one of those situations where you know the Blues did this way back in the '90s when they traded for Wayne Gretzky. Yeah, and when you add Wayne Gretzky, that's Wayne Gretzky's <laughs> team now. Yeah, exactly. Know? Yeah, it's, and I'm not. Do not hear me say that <laughs> Joe Thornton is Wayne Gretzky. He's a well, great he has player, a giant beard. Like, he does have a giant <laughs> beard. But you know, the point is that. He does change your dynamics. He's not mm-hmm. a player you can add and just expect him to fit into the locker yeah. room that's already there. So, like you said, if it happens, which I, I think is still a yeah. long shot, I would still be pretty surprised if he went in yeah. at San Jose. Uh, th- if it happens, I'm ready to roll with it and see yeah. how it goes. But I just don't think it's probably <laughs> likely. The only thing I can, and I also yeah. I looked at his stats earlier today. There was a pretty big drop off in points between the previous yeah. season and this one. Do you remember what it was? But was it like goals, it was, assists altogether? It was, well, he's a playmaker. I know he's mostly assists. That dropped off, again. or was it the goals? That's what I'm curious about. But I mean, I, I'll look it up. I'm looking it up now. But I think. Either way, the Sharks just dropped off dramatically. Well, that's what I mean. If they get rid of and there was Joe a pretty Thornton. big jump from the year two years ago to the year before yeah. last. So in oh four fifteen or fourteen fifteen, he had sixty five overall points, wow. sixteen goals, forty nine assists. In fifteen uh, sixteen, which was the year where, of course, they went. Uh, through the St. Louis Blues to the uh, right Stanley Cup final, right through, uh, <laughs> as he is his stick went right through whoever's after him in last year. Uh, he had 82 points, which is a, a big high for him, his highest since 09. 82 points. Yeah. Holy cow. Uh, 19 goals and 63 I don't know assists. what I'm saying. Maybe we should take this guy. <laughs> and then last year he had seven goals and 43 assists for 50 points. But this is a guy who's not a goal scorer. Yeah. You know, he's he, he really is that playmaker yeah. center. And he's he he had a much worse team last year, you know. That's and true. He's, he's he's uh thirty I remember reading this earlier today, thirty seven and three hundred and sixty two <laughs> days. So if we sign him on Saturday, he will be thirty seven as a blue for one day. Uh, <laughs> and then he'll be thirty eight. And so I just think but he looks know, older. There's no risk in the sense that he's gonna be a, just a garbage player. No, year. yeah. But it's it would it just feels like a weird fit. For us, I think the one player that just has always been kind of rumored as yeah. this is the right free agent fit for the Blues is Justin Williams. Uh, he's a right wing. He's yeah. playing with the Capitals and is, of course, well, known as like Mr. I think uh, Game 7. Mr. Game 7, yeah, because he's just a, a he seems to be a playoff clutch performer. Where was he? Which, uh, Where was he? I don't want to say <laughs> He was only Game Don't make me say <laughs> He was only Mr. Game 7 for the Kings, it seems like. And probably the, 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 uh, oh, he played for somebody else and got a cup before that. Yeah. Hurricane, the Hurricane. What That's a, a long team. time ago. Game or Justin Williams, Rob Brendamore, nobody else. Wasn't Doug Waite? Was he over there? Like a, yeah, but wasn't there like a rookie? Too? Rookie like, Eric Stahl. Rookie Eric Stahl, what? that's it, yeah. That's how the Blues win the Cup. Some weird bonkers team yeah. that just never comes just back. Just like a, a mentor, but, um, like yeah. a minotaur sort of <laughs> But Justin Williams, the thing with him is that I like, as I mean, he's still productive at his age. I think he's 36 mm-hmm. or something. I think what he he's... Is 35 268 days. Thank you, hockeyreference.com. But he's he's the kind of guy that I think, what, he's right wing, which is something we still need, kind Mm -hmm. of. If we play Shen at center. Yeah. 
Well, even if well, even if he does play, uh, even if he does play right wing, it feels like we could still use Williams as a third line right winger because mm-hmm. we still don't have any natural right wingers besides Tarasenko. Yeah. Um, but other than that, I think I, yeah, but I, I think Williams is a guy you can add. Well, I think it, yeah. Regardless of what other. Well, I think it works because he knows. I don't really. I remember him on the Kings, but I don't really remember his role necessarily. I'm assuming it was slightly bigger, but I think he's already settled into the like. I can play third line. I can put in some points for you guys, sort of thing. Yeah. Without thinking like, oh no, no I'm coming in here because I need that cup, and you know it's about me or some big thing. I think he knows he's kind of a role player now. Yeah. And um, very consistently, forty or more points each of the last four seasons. He's had. 40 or more all every season but one since uh, oh, 10, or 2010 and 11. Yeah. So you know what you're going to get. And I think he, he does check a lot of boxes in the sense that he's a right winger, which is a position we have need for. Mm-hmm. He's a veteran, which we have had the, a huge youth transformation yeah. in a really like in a year and a half. Yeah. Um, he has playoff experience. He's a playoff performer, supposedly, yeah. although nobody is a playoff performer on the Blues. Yeah. So we'll see how long that Mr. Game 7 sticks. If he did, it wasn't last year, baby. He lost to the Capitals. Yeah. He lost with the Capitals True. to the Penguins in Game 7. But, I mean, no it, show. I think, you know, he's going to be, what's he, I don't know what his contract is right now. I think it's a little over $3 million. He's but not I mean, going to make any more than Yeah, he knows what he's going to make. I think it's one of those things where it's, it really, to me, feels like the perfect fit. There's 30 other teams that, well, 29 other teams more less out there they're vying to have them i'm sure saying the, wa- the <laughs> vegas golden knights won't sign just <laughs> i mean so yeah, he, he was signed for full. he was signed for well, that's the old contract yeah 3.2 is his cap hit right now can't imagine getting more than that did they so I they signed him like to 12 that 12 or 15 teams have contacted him and he's down to three this is all rumors who knows yeah obviously a hot commodity he didn't get traded from the Kings, right? They signed him, yeah. or the, the Capital yeah. signed him. Okay, I just I just happened to notice here uh, on the similar players according yeah. to Sport Track. Is it someone Spot older? Track. No, no, no. The Robbie the, the natural St. Louis and Tommy Wingles is a similar player. Oh, really? I have heard his name thrown around. I don't know. Is he? Check him out. Is he a UFA? Right winger. He's a UFA right now. And this is a guy who married a St. Louis girl and has said in interviews that he considers St. Louis his home. You know, if we had. Is he from Chicago, though? Yeah. I mean, cool, but what a. Like, do Chicago people enjoy that? Those cities, yeah. Look, St. Louis is the Vancouver of the Midwest. (laughs) (laughs) Tommy Wingles, one of his similar players, was Patrick Wine, which is generous. What what kind of weird A to B to C is this? (laughs) Tommy Wingles had a a really down season last year between San Jose and Ottawa. Wait, was he in Ottawa at the end? Yeah, right? Yes. Oh, wow. I completely forgot. Yeah, he wants to come home. He Uh, wants to come home. Yeah, and I'm. I think if you add him for cheap and just see what he does, and maybe he catches fire in his hometown of St. Louis, I'd be. He's, yeah, he's your as you say, his right wing. Yeah. he's your third, fourth, yeah, right yeah, wing. That's fine. We kind of need. He's I a mean, guy you could add with Williams. Yeah, and he's going to cost. He's not going to get more than a yeah. million five after last year. You know, so I have a hard time saying anyone ever needs like Tommy we need Tommy Wingles. I mean, you can solidify your bottom six. We're chock- we're just filled to the brim with anyone that can play bottom six. But yeah, it's one of those things where if we don't re-sign up Shaw, 
Um, I guess, William, like you said, Williams or not, he'd be fine to have. Um, but that's what I mean is, like, what are we on? UFA number four? Mm-hmm. And we're on Tommy Wingles. Yeah. And I know there's a few other ones. And maybe we're just talking about from Blue's perspective. There's some defensemen, but, like, God knows we don't need any of them. Um, who is it? Alexi? Alexi? No, no, not Alexi Emlin. Uh, who's the Who's the one we're supposed to be signing, according to you, or according to what you read from oh, Montreal? Andre Markov. Andre Markov, <laughs> 38-year-old Andre Markov. Yeah. Isn't that right? Yeah. Just He's in Montreal or he's not. I'm sure some team will pay him, but it's just... There's no one overly interesting, and they're all older, and I, that just tends to be the case because you got to be over 27, um, 27 or seven years in the league, something like that. But yeah, it's it's not that interesting. I'm more interested in terms of when it happens, then everyone knows where people landed. You can assess your team, and that that's when Doug Armstrong goes out and gets us Duchesne, which yeah. is probably not happening, but yeah. would be cool. I really think. And we don't. I don't want to run too long on this because we've yeah. already run plenty, plenty long as it is. But yeah. I do think dream scenario. Yeah. I think the ideal scenario for the Blues with Shin not really being a natural center, yeah. and all the trade talk surrounding Matt Duchesne, and now the added trade talk that uh, it's a claim that Joe Sackick is the uh, oh, yeah. uh, Avalanche GM is dragging his feet, and and mm-hmm. uh, Duchesne's agent is really pissed off with him i just think whether it's duchene or another guy uh, and alex galchenyuk has been rumored to be on the move if the blues could utilize some of those assets uh, we mentioned and flip for a guy like yeah. a, just a young center like duchene duchene is yet another guy who is not really probably quite a first line center yeah but he's got electric speed he's a playmaker you know, and and in the sense that I I've, I've compared centers in the NHL to quarterbacks in the NFL yeah. in terms of value because when you when you want to compare Paul Stastny to Connor McDavid or Sidney yeah. Crosby or Mark Scheifele or you know yeah. uh, Ryan Getzlav those kinds of guys he's not your franchise yeah. first line center that you build your entire team yeah. around. But, you can but play there's it. only yeah. five or six of those guys in the <laughs> league, and you're only getting them if you're picking first overall. Yeah. And even then, only every couple of years, because Nino Hishier is not one of those yeah. guys. So it's kind of crap to say Armstrong has to go out there and get us a legit number one center. Yeah. Because people's no, people's expectations for that are compared to Sidney Crosby, and that's just not available. Yeah. There's never going to be a trade for Sidney Crosby. I've said it before. And I will. I'm saying it now. I think Paul Stastny realistically may be the f- best center that will hit the free agent market this decade. And yeah. Who's got him? And if he's not a first over, if he's not a first line center to you, then you're not getting a better one. Yeah. And so, and probably not through free agency. I, I still don't think John Tavares hits free agency. I think either it's, the Islanders yeah. extend him or he gets traded. traded. Yeah, I was going to say, he could be traded. But point is, to make a long story short, if if the Blues could move Shen to r- the right, mm. trade for a Duchesne, a Galchenyuk, any one of that ilk who's a young, yeah. fast, playmaking center, I think that's the dream scenario, and yeah. I think that's a scenario where you look at the Blues as one of the teams to beat in that's the Central I mean. that's one in of those, the West. That's one of those things where... They're unproven, obviously, as the team that you put together because they haven't played together. But it's 
It's scary. It's scary. It's a yeah. scary. It's probably as scary as when I thought when we had Stuart before we realized what he was and everything. It was just one of those things like, oh man, this is like stacked top yeah. to bottom sort of deal. Yeah. If um, you look at a, I mean, if you look at a team, just hypothetically speaking, that is Schwartz, Stastny, Tarasenko on your first line, yeah. and then Steiner, Fabry with Duchesne and Shen on your second yeah. line, and then the other of those two guys is on your third yeah. line with a Sabotka and a Bergman yeah. when he comes back. I mean, that's. That's one of the most stacked teams in the Can you league. imagine? I guess it wouldn't really work. I I wouldn't have I'd have to look at the cap. That'd be really interesting to see who went where with Duchesne. But if you had Duchesne and you got like a Williams, which yeah. probably isn't gonna happen, but or if it's both of them. But that just I mean, yes, dream dream scenario, but yeah. that's just bonkers. That's like yeah. there's not enough room, but it's just bonkers. Right. And, and that's and we've we've said this to each other. It's a scenario where look, if if Matt Duchesne doesn't get traded, I'm not mad at Doug Armstrong yeah. for not trading for him. And if he does get traded and it's for some astronomical price, I'm yeah. not mad at Doug Armstrong for not yeah, paying, not paying the astronomical it. price. But if if Duchesne gets traded, you know the the deal that they talked about was Travis Hamonic of the uh, yeah. Islanders and a first round pick, yeah. which I think. Would have been Pareko in a first round pick. Yeah. For us. I don't think you're selling. Well, Hamannik's gone now. Pick, so yeah. I'm not paying Pareko in a first rounder for Duchesne uh, at this point. But if you could get Joel Edmondson and a prospect to make that deal, or even two prospects, yeah. You know, if somebody else makes a deal like that, and then I hear Doug Armstrong next year at the trade deadline, or or when we've gotten gotten bounced in the second round again <laughs> and he's saying well you just can't make trades for centers i'm gonna be pretty upset about that you know so i don't think duchene's coming to the blues i think it's a pipe dream <laughs> but it's the pipe dream i'm gonna hello, cling to hello, until it goes somewhere hello. else uh and i think you know the blues with the deals we've discussed already tonight are just a much better team next yeah. year with Shin, without Latero, yeah. with Sunquist, and especially if we do sign a Williams or, or someone of that ilk who can fill a third line yeah. scoring, you know, secondary scoring. I don't yeah, I don't think we're done. I think there's at least a move or two and not just yeah. and not just like re signing our players. I'd say there's at least a move. It might be Obviously minor the big but I think move it is is Colton Pareko's contract. Yeah. Uh, you want to get out front of Fabry. Uh, you want, mm-hmm. I think, I think you either want to find another center or extend Stastny. That's one or the you other. Do not want you can't to have that whole agency next year with him leaving. I like Shen, nobody but nobody behind. But him. he's not. You don't uh, the center of Stastny's ilk to yeah. move up there. There's right. no way. We've used the word ilk a lot in this podcast. Ilk, but, milk, <laughs> Vancouver Canucks. But yeah, I think the the Cubs. Where did that come from? The Where Blues are in a great place and have not DFA'd their catcher <laughs> this week. I think the Blues are in a great place to enter next year as yeah. one of the stronger teams in a in a stacked uh, central division where everybody's getting better, except for maybe the Blackhawks, which we'll have to discuss at another point. They're bringing the old team back together, <laughs> bringing think, the boys back. Yeah, the boys are back in town. And I think it, it remains to be seen, and we'll talk about it next time when we... Uh, you know, are, are kind of breaking down what happened on on Saturday. Uh, what Doug Armstrong thinks this team needs to finish to put a, a finalized team on the ice. Because, like you said, we're not quite there, but we're pretty close. And I think uh, that'll do it for us to tonight. And we'll talk about the moves uh, next week.
So yeah. thank you for tuning in and listening to us ramble. Have a good night. Hasta luego. <laughs>